Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Lock In Podcast. We're just days away from the latest and seemingly never-ending stages of reopening, which will see operators allowing to trade inside for the first time in many months, just as the weather is starting to improve. With me, as ever, for our podcast are my excellent co-hosts, James Cuthbertson and Heath Ball. And yes, they did pay me to say the excellent bit. So with the next level of reopening within reach, we'll be focusing on the challenges, hopes and expectations of what that will mean to the trade in the weeks ahead. As such, I wanted to get together a team of experts to talk us through some of the challenges ahead. People who will be able to guide us through those painful early stages of getting back on our feet. People with the knowledge and skills that will help you cut through all the noise and get to the meat of the matter. They'll be joining us later. Can you do the same joke over and over again? Apparently you can. can. In the the meantime, we have to make two with these two idiots. Mm -hmm. So uh, thanks for joining me, James and Heath. Absolute pleasure. I'll use my sound effect here. Mm -hmm. Never needed for you, ever. (laughs) You get one of just a dust ball roll. I bet your Tom Curridge doesn't have these issues on his podcast. Thanks, I hate. So don't forget to subscribe to the podcast using the links on the homepage. Please do like us and share on social to spread the word. Every time you click like and share, a kitten is rescued and rehomed. At least that's what Heath has promised me. So we're going to be joined by a few expert guests later on. We've got legal expert Andy Grimsey from Popston Allen joining us to highlight the licensing challenges ahead. Award-winning operator and practicing vicar Emily Coltvit of the Chandas Arms talk about their reopening. And we've got Martin Hilton of CPL who'll be talking about conflict resolution and avoiding getting to fights with your customers. Yes, Heath, I'm looking at you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why you two look blank when I read out the guests. It's not like I tell you. I don't I, I, read the emails you, never you send ah, me. You, I just, you just see, ignore it. see your name come up. I'm like, oh, God. Let's skip. Actually, I didn't retrieve it from the spam. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you retrieve it at least. Well, you know, just to see what guests are on. Oh, okay. Obviously. So that's why you always so look confused. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. Uh, anyway, before we start talking about reopening, let's have a quick chat about what's been going on this week. Um, we had the statistics, uh, pub outbreak numbers, 107 cases from June through to February. I'd like to sit full responsibility for that. Hospitality's to blame. We've ruined the economy. Well, what's you with your stupid phone thing? <laughs> full of the numbers. It's That's just said, full of numbers. Full of the data. I mean, it is. It is pretty sickening, isn't it? Well, well, there's no cons- well, obviously, there's no conspiracy against hospitality. This is, you know, as Kate said last week, you know, there is no conspiracy. Obviously, hundred and how many? Hundred and seven. Over what period? Over from June to February. And, so, and look at the level of look at the level of um, participation we've had in terms of people signing up to staff and you know red, red. you don't get that in any other shops. You don't get that in supermarkets. Yep. So despite all of so that, there's a level of monitoring. So you yeah. can be pretty sure that that's a, a relatively accurate yeah, figure. Yeah, yeah. That because we were actually tracking the tracing in our sector. Unlike everyone. So else. out of the however many hundreds of thousands of cases. They probably went to the supermarket first. probably went to the supermarket first. Did their shopping? Well, there is that. You don't COVID, even know that. Took COVID to the pub. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's transmission, isn't it? So an outbreak is two or more cases from a, a particular site. So they're saying it's transmission within it. But even so, it's a hundred and seven versus hundreds of thousands. And how many billions of people, or how many billion visits did we get going to hospitality? Uh, but it's like it's just too late. It's too late. They've had their way. They've stalled it. They've ignored it. They wouldn't. They didn't play straight bats. Does it? Does it? Does it form the basis for some kind of appeal? Or uh... oh, we're going to get nowhere. Nowhere. Come on. 
You're too busy talking about Boris's. What has he done now? He's got a county court judgment for 500 quid. England, honestly, it's embarrassing. That's what I tell you. What I think that's why you had to. Um, well, <laughs> I think that's why you had to get funding for the flat because you couldn't get credit because of that. So I think he's at. Yep, I think that's what's happened. He's had to go and get the money for it because he couldn't get. Um, this will be the excuse DFS. they use. This is the excuse yeah, they the use. One of the DFS sofa or something like that, and he couldn't get it because that CCJ bit him on the ass. That's why. He was trying to trying to buy a computer on tech yeah, on PC World. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't get it. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got to wonder what it was he was trying to buy. Wow, 550 great. something quid wasn't it yeah one so, roll of wallpaper probably was a laptop from PC World yeah it could be mm-hmm. subscription to the morning advertising you think, you it think, could be a subscription morning you think the Russian government would just give him a laptop we have a discount wouldn't you he's got several <laughs> but the thing is right if you look at that track and trace thing well, the data wasn't instant but it was pretty quick and that was the purpose of it of course was to be able to rap to let people know so it's not like we're expecting a data lag this is it this is the fucking lot. 107 cases. Yeah. After all of that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. brilliant. Things are getting away with it. What they've done to our industry. What they've done to our industry is fucking disgusting. And they've got away with it. You know what I mean? They get dragged up in court. Got away with it. They. Everybody complains. Got away with it. They've just got away with it. But you look at it as well. Have well, they got away with it? Yeah, they've got away with it. Wouldn't happen in North Korea. No, no. Um, but you. Uh, it, it's, it, it's spilled milk it's done they've stored it they've distracted us they've, they've done a great job obviously rolling out the vaccines and they don't care we're just collateral damage and that's why I was interested to see Kate's piece this week about the 17th being more of a what, what was this phrase more of a uh, morale boost morale boost than mm. it was financial well I'm afraid that's that's nonsense people it, it, it's easy said when you're on a salary with a pe- you know pension and all the rest of it but when everyone else is you know losing businesses laying people off it is financial it's financial of course it is I'm embarrassed by that you know um, anyone thinks well, it's, it's you know nice warm and fuzzy it's not it's survival um, but as you've said you know I mean we've, we're 107 cases nothing's going to happen do we just have to suck it up, draw a line under it, and move on, or, or do we sit there and be bitter for the next? Uh, no, 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 and that's what Kate I mean. You're very good at that. We, we, we're bloke That's the problem. Is we're just small-minded publicans who don't really see the bigger picture. That's what I took away from your conversation. We don't see the bigger picture. Hospitality is a lot bigger than us. Um, we should just we should just sit back and and just take it. I think this, but you know what? On this one, we've shouted, we've screamed, we've taken them to court, we've done all of that, and it's made absolute no difference like, genuinely no difference I mean even when we pressed for what difference would it make if there was no lobbying and all that I wasn't convinced that really it'd be much different but uh, let's not waste our time we, we, one thing we've learned is we've got to look after ourselves here that we're on it on our own get on with it you know I think the, the, maybe the one thing is licensees let's work together and be smart and share good practice but boy we're on our own so you know if we've got a good tip that's going on about grants or rating or things like that you know through the medium and the morning advertiser frankly we need to share that stuff and look after each other because we're not getting any help mm. and don't you know don't wait for it because it ain't coming so subscribe so. to the podcast because um, it's a great way of getting advice from Heath and James yeah I think so and, and if, you, if, you're, if you're not if you're <laughs> and not if you're bit, relying if you're, on that then, then you're screwed yeah. if you're not bitter enough we can give you really good lessons in that too <laughs> 
Very good at nursing a grudge, I believe. Yeah. Um, Did I tell you about Waitrose last week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only fif- only to, 15 times. Not that anyone listens to back to back podcasts because they only well, listen to half a one. I was going to say it. But it would be an in joke if we had listeners. We, it would be if we had listeners. Uh, we can dream. We can dream. So, other, other things in the news uh, calorie labelling on menus for pub groups with more than 250 employees. That was in the Queen's speech. It, it's honestly, it's almost like, you know what? They've come out of COVID. There's still some of the fuckers left. How can we make their life shit? Let's just give them loads of shit to deal with because they've got through it. What else can we do? Yeah, calorie count. We had that. I mean, last week you get the guys coming in to do an EHO inspection at seven at five thirty on a Friday. Then you get them looking to you know all your fire. He says, "Give us a break, mate." Honestly, like you said, survival. They don't care. Like, well, calorie count on it. So what do you do? You got two hundred and fifty employees. Sorry, Frank. Your employee number 250. It was you on the calorie count. <laughs> You've got to let you go, mate. <laughs> but that's all right if you've got well, standardised make, sure, make, sure make sure the one that you lay off is a big fat guy yeah. as well. But, oh, yeah. I got the bit there. Well, calorie counted. It'd be no good at it. Yeah, but the thing is, you know, if they do if this calorie counting stuff, everyone's menus, even though those big pub groups don't change their menu that often, it's just going to become more boring and more stagnant because they won't be changing shit as often. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Why, why it, it's going to, uh, uh, it's not going to act as a stimulation for innovation, really, is it? If it's uh, yet another uh, thing you've got to sort of work out. It's just, it's just, it's just as much bullshit as they can put in place. Yeah. Well, you do think, come on and make us, make us do it. That's the problem. Is that if you, if you, if you persecute a group like that, you get the other reaction, which is yeah. screw it, we're not doing it. You know, if you want to then employ someone to enforce it, do it. But we're not going to do this easy. Yeah, we shouldn't yeah. lay. We shouldn't lay down to that stuff. Yeah, we just shouldn't. Okay, so the other thing we've seen is the uh, whole issue around hugging. You can now hug uh, people after May the seventeenth. So don't get too excited, Heath. It's not a promise. I'm already. I'm already oiling up, Ed. <laughs> I'm self-basting here, holding him. I'm, I'm, I'm going to maintain the two-meter social I'm, distance forever. I'm not going to um, <laughs> Yeah, um, but more seriously, though. I love it when he's awkward. <laughs> more seriously, the uh, there's been a campaign launched, hugs before clubs, which um, again, you know, if you're in the late night sector, it must just be a final slap in the face. You know, surely they won't be can clubs. go and hug, but you can't go to a club. And also weddings, you can have a wedding but you can't dance at a wedding which I've seen you dance Heath so that's probably a relief in yeah, many I ways I saw you got married and that was good <laughs> <laughs> as well yeah, I don't, don't, don't want to be looking both of those again <laughs> moments in life we regret um, anyway uh, it, is, it is painful isn't it yeah you imagine owning a, a bunch of nightclubs you'd be screwed I love the way they said but you can repurpose them you know just change them into something different it's like oh, yeah, it's really easy place with mm. no windows in a, in a, you know, in yeah. a cellar, <laughs> make a lovely alfresco restaurant. Well done. Mostly painted black. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, uh, exactly. Se- sex dungeons. <laughs> Possible. I don't can't use them. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're not turn. allowed. No, no, no casual checked. sex. Casual sex is now allowed Sorry, again. Sorry, are you still on the podcast? Or I don't know. I've lost track. I'm sure I've read that somewhere. You, you can't is dance. Is that what you told your wife? You can't dance. You can't dance. You can't dance. You can't go to a nightclub. You can have casual sex. Don't, don't quote me on that, but I believe that's hey, what I read um, in uh, hey, some dodgy forum. Don't me about men like him. <laughs> you know what? I think I'm going to I'm going to leave this. Uh, I'm going to leave this one here, uh, and we shall move on to the next session.
You're listening to the Lock In Podcast and we're talking about the great indoor reopening. And let's just make a start with you two guys, uh, Heath and James. How's the planning going? Um, what's what's going on with you? What's uh, How's it looking? Yeah, we're all getting set, really. Uh, we've, um, I guess the only real challenge we've got is we've got a lot of new furniture in to go outside the area next to the pub that we'll have to find someone to store because that's... You've been keeping that inside. Keeping inside yeah, the yeah. dining room and we've been using some of the dining room furniture out there as well. So, um, yeah, that's the only problem. But, yeah, just looking forward to it, really. A bit of normality. We know what's going to happen. It's going to be 32 degrees and sunny. <laughs> and everyone that's going to have all these bookings inside are going to go, oh, actually, I'd like to sit outside. You're going to go, oh, there's no space. And um, Yeah, I don't know. We're ready. But we're only going to, at the red line, we're only going to run it at something like 50% capacity inside um, just to give the kitchen a bit of a breather and time to catch up because we've been trading so hard outside to just go and dump another 100 covers a day onto them I don't think would be very fair so uh, we just need to get them a bit more match fit I mean that's very unlike you to care about your kitchen stuff just cares about the quality it's good it's not I just want to make sure it's good so I don't have to deal with any complaints uh, but yeah just, just getting ready for that really but yeah we'll only do I think we'll only do like 40 covers inside uh, at one time so. I mean and James what what, what what about capacity here how, how are you going to run it um it's going to be alright I think <laughs> that's reassuring isn't I, it I, thank I, god this in, isn't the council in brackets I've no they're idea they're tomorrow yeah we're going <laughs> yeah, to no idea yeah, we will run it like pre the, the last so you know the rules now yeah we know what to do you know it's the fine. rules yeah, no, so shall I run through it's them fine. for you so you, no, so you know them no so, no, 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 no you can't no, hug you, can you just hug. can't club you can't dance uh, you can't dance possibly serve customers in groups of six no Bombing, no diving, or two households of any size. No ball indoors. games. No ball games. Yeah. No ball games. No, no heavy no petting. No heavy petting. No heavy petting. Yeah, you were looking for that one, weren't you? Groups of thirty outside. Is anyone actually going to be going out of the group of thirty? Yeah, but who wants to go them? out with a group? No, which pub wants to take a group of thirty people? They'll just be carnage. Not take a, over. Don't have thirty friends. No, you we know that. Mate, the rule six not a problem for you. <laughs> That includes family. <laughs> oh, Shit, the social can, hand grenade. Yeah, they're just there going, God, man, it, it, we can, it can be more of us outside. So these are the pub trains. It must be fun, but then they find out. Yeah, but I think no one wants to be taking, I don't want to be taking large groups this year. I just, because it'll change. The problem you've got, say you take 30 people in your beer garden, it changes the dynamic of the whole place. And you still have people who are a bit anxious, uh, you know, a bit of anxiety about what's going on. So you just want to, for me, I just... Small groups, I mean, actually, you're right. Group. A group of 30, we were talking earlier um, about sort of conflict. We'll be talking later about conflict and things like that. But yeah, a group of 30, you're going to have people getting a bit more excited, they're getting a, a bit more boisterous. You, they're in a gang. Something that's secure. Yeah, but they are. They're with their friends. They feel <laughs> well, they've like they've got cocky. knives. Yeah, no, but they feel no, like. If you, you've got a group of people, they can dictate. They've got a bit more yeah, swagger. Numbers. Yeah, yeah. they've got numbers. So if someone's been a dick, they've got all them. They're all there together with their friends, you know what I mean? They feel protected. So if you start dropping a 30 in the beer garden that holds 100, yeah, stupid. 30, yeah, just stay away from all that. And who wants, and you get people going, oh, look at that group over there, they're all touching each other. Oh my God, what's going on? And just keep it. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that kind of party, yeah, James. No, I, I think yeah. they'll bring loads of trouble. I think just try and avoid big groups if you can this year. If you, if you can financially afford to just have smaller, more. Keep it know. small, keep it intimate, yeah. like James does with his swinger parties, yes. I think the slip have been invited. <laughs> yeah, not after the last time. Um, but I think the, the thing is, you, you really, you're going to have loads of demand. It's about how you curate that demand, really. And uh, you've got to you've got to give a balanced atmosphere. And I think that's one thing we can do as publicans is we can 
create the mood and you know you know if you, you, you look at your bookings through the night you know you sort of okay I know that group oh yeah okay they're quite loud but let's put them over there and you can you've got to you know it's like a game you know of tension you? yeah you've got to look you've got to make sure it's all balanced otherwise you just have wild groups screaming and partying yeah, you certainly just can't load your business with everything though I think that you know we're very careful here to stagger bookings to make sure we you know and you can't act desperate you look desperate you don't want to be desperate no, I mean, we're quite lucky in the fact that we've got, you know, we kept all our staff on, we got our staff ready to go. I still see places looking for head chefs, Ooh, like yeah. good places, like pubs that are well known for their food, mm. still looking for head chefs, they've got days to go. I mean, what does that say? It's kind of... Oh man, there's a lot of people looking for head chefs out there. Yeah. And there's yeah, no one around. That's the irony, isn't it? I remember at the start of this, we were thinking, actually, you know, there'll be lots of chefs. Yeah, no, no, far from yeah, it. Not, it's not, yeah. not just that, though. The front of house stuff, it's just, it's just not there. So, um... Or yeah. they've just heard about you. Well, could be that. But we've been, yeah, we've been fortunate. We're going to see the real, like staff-wise, we've talked about it before, but we're going to see the real issues start to show when everyone's firing back up. Yeah. People aren't going to have, and customers are impatient. They want their service now, and it's not going to be, you know. It's going to be tricky. Everyone's going to get used to this, you know. It's been hard enough with limited tables, frankly. Yeah. And managing, you know, don't forget, it was a year, year or so ago, we weren't thinking about time slots and pubs. You know, no. where does that come and go? Because it's still... We have two areas. One is just a walking area, and that's actually a really easy. We call that um, economy. Um, and then we have first class, which is under the. Hang market. on, that's where you put me when I come here. <laughs> it's, you're on the far side of economy. <laughs> I wonder why. I wonder, yeah, why, I was all, I wonder yeah. why I was always near the toilet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is actually the toilet. Um, so you know, but imagine that area walking is easy because it's like the old days. You know, when people leave a table, then you got a table. But um, you, you imagine the others in time slots. It just does bring a different dynamic, particularly so, when you're busy. It's like okay, because you know it's managing their evening. They yeah. got 15 minutes ago, they've got all the desserts, for example, and then you know that that person then the people arrive early because they think they're helping by arriving slightly early. Helping, and then all of a sudden you're trying to find them. We put them with you in economy for a little while, but then you have to share a drink because you know they're we're not ready for you. And yeah, it's, there's a lot to deal with. I think it's going to be a really tough summer, but it's cash. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so your your main so you're doing from a practical point of view, still maintaining time slots. Yeah, you've got, you've got to, you've, right now under the rules and all that but even then I think coming out of it I think customers are conditioned now to it and I think we can we can it gives us greater flexibility and management controlling the business and you know knowing what we're dealing with but you maybe wouldn't say that in public but as a trade you know business to business sort of platform here I think it's a great advantage to us in managing spend managing turnover yeah. you know that person just manage, you know sits over one pint for three hours well, when you've got, you got five tables, for example, outside, you just can't wear well, we, it. The red line in summer, we used to just let the outside tables are first come, first served. Yeah. We never managed it. It was just like that. Mm. You know, people come and get a table at midday and sit there for five hours. I mean, you made a big thing yeah. of saying that you couldn't book tables yeah. outside. Yeah. yeah. And um, now we're... Now that's, except for your wife. And that's all we do is just book tables. And we can, but we're actually controlling the spend a lot better. Do you know what I mean? We see who the big spenders are and we go, okay. So, so then, is that something you're going to continue, do you think? I think so. Yeah. yeah I think it's one, of, think one so. of the positives, right? And they've always wanted, the thing is, they've always wanted to book tables outside, always for years. And we've always said no, because it's hard to manage. It's a lot of work. Now we've got into the routine of doing it. We understand it a lot better with, you know, baptism of fire. Keep it. Like, you know, we know where we're going. We, we can get more covers in, got more control. So how are you going to deal with that spontaneous customer, though? Because, yeah, well, I mean, that, that's... Yeah, but we'll hold tables back. We'll have walk-in right, tables. Yeah. Okay. And we've still got the bar stalls at the bar, which we'll be able to use coming out of this. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But, yeah, like, it's just... 
the world's changed. I think people can appreciate it. But you can always adapt, can't you? If it's not yeah. working, yeah. you just go back to the old ways. Yeah. It's not set in stone. And that's one thing we've all learned to do is just adapt. Mm. So yeah. it's depending on the mind we're dealing with. But if that, that if it's not there, then you just open yeah. the door. Yeah, just, just go and grab a table. That's what we're good at as a trade, though. Don't we? we just move. We just oh, move we absolutely out. roll with the punches when yeah. we yeah. have, and we've had to throughout this. Um, yeah. And, and people have done an amazing job. It's, uh, it's a testament, apart from you two, it's a testament to the industry, really, yeah. that, that so many are still absolutely ready to go and, mm. and, and up and running. Um, I mean, in terms of the restrictions, because we weren't 100% clear on what was going to be coming through for indoors, um, I mean, are you, are you surprised by any of it? Disappointed by any of it? It's what we expected. I think the only thing that... My, I'm not caveat, but my only concern is that everything that's there particularly when you look at social distancing you know it's ideally two meters but one meter is not facing what you don't need is a bunch of enforcement mm. what you want is to be working with the local guys and they accept that you're doing your best mm. they accept that we've done our best we're doing our best and give us a break it'll be a safe environment the best we can make it but you don't want people coming in with tape measures because they'll soon be going out with tape measures. <laughs> but you know, you can have to work with the guys. But you know, that, that's there needs to be some sensitivity now on that. Yeah. As we yeah. get close to the twenty first of June. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay guys, well I'll tell you what, let's park up there and let's hear from some other people. This is the Lock-In Podcast, and with us this episode, we've got an award-winning operator and also vicar, Emily Colvitt of the Chandus Arms, along with our licensing expert, Andy Grimsey from Popleston Allen. So, welcome, guys. Hi. 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 Good, good to have you join us. So, um, Emily, I mean, just let's just get the vicar bit out of the way, first of all. Are you the only practicing vicar that also runs a pub? Um... I, I believe that there might be one other, um, and I'm not actually quite a vicar yet, I'm a curate at the moment, which is slightly more familiar position, so I think I probably am the only curate who's also a landlady as well. <laughs> Fair it's enough. very different to Dibley. <laughs> it's very, very different. <laughs> oh, sorry, we've, we promoted you as well, that, so uh, not, not, uh, we'll, we'll make sure I make a note of that. Um, Let's, let's, just, let's just talk about sort of, um, I mean, you're, you're, you run uh, the Chandler's Arms up in uh, Collindale, um, an award-winning <laughs> community pub. How's it been for you? Yes. How long have you guys been shut down so far? It's been devastating. I mean, we've been closed pretty much for most of the year. You know, there was that kind of little sort of sweet spot in the middle, wasn't there, when we could all open again. And, um, you know, I think particularly because we're a community pub, it's just been completely heartbreaking for the community. You know, so many of our people, um, the Chandler's Arms is home from home for them. You know, it's where their community is, it's where their friends are. Um, and particularly for people who live on their own, particularly, you know, single people, it's just been really difficult for them because they not, you know, like so many other people during the pandemic, they've been completely separated from their family, you know. So it's been a really tough year for us and we're just really excited about trying to get going again now. I mean, do you, do you think that there's going to be sort of a longer term ramifications in terms of some of those those community links? Do you think they've been eroded by your closure or do you think that actually they'll have strengthened and people will be so happy to have you back that it's not going to have an impact? I think initially I was really worried that the sort of landscape would change, that people would get used to kind of 
going buying a sort of six pack down the off license being at home drinking you know and that they would kind of get used to that but actually that's not the feel that I'm getting at all um, there's a real problem that people are just absolutely desperate to get back into um, uh, you know, and to be back in their community again and to see people again, you know, and I think you cannot underestimate how important the pubs are, you know, pubs and churches and libraries and those kind of, those meeting places for people, and you know, when they're gone, they're totally gone, they never come back again, so, yeah. you know, I think it's so important that we support um, our, our sort of public spaces and our community spaces and that, and that we, um, you know, we make sure that they continue to thrive. And, and in terms of reopening, I mean, how, how are you going full steam ahead, what, what sort of plans are you putting in place for that? Well, I mean, right from the beginning, we've taken the kind of um, advice around coronavirus and social distancing really, really seriously. And that's part of the reason we've waited until Monday to open, you know, because we don't have significant outside spaces. We do have some outside space, but we just felt that the business was more protected if we waited until... um, the restrictions were lifted enough for us to be able to operate in a way where at least we can break even. You know what I mean? So, um, so all of those restrictions are going to be in place, and we'll be taking those really, really seriously. Um, but you know, we're going to be kicking off and hopefully providing what we always provide, which is extremely high quality drinks and food and um, a place for people to feel loved and comfortable you know and the kind of stuff that you did as as an as a community pub which which you were rightly recognized for can you can you offer those kind of services with these kind of restrictions in place i think it's extremely difficult i think um you know with um our food bank collection i really need to look into that and see whether we're able to collect food um, I know that a lot of some of the kind of community-based clubs that we that have been running for a really long time, they've just kind of lost momentum, and they don't really. I think this year has been exhausting for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons, you know. And I think that there's a some sense of I can't face getting something going again. Do you know what I mean? And 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 I think as a as a couple, you know, because my husband and I, we run the Pantsons together as a couple. I think as a couple, we there's a part of part of us that are feeling a little bit like that as well. Like, oh my gosh, this like starting all over again. Because of course, when we took the Chandler's arms on, uh, you know, seven years ago, it was on its knees, didn't it? And we had to absolutely fight for its survival. So yeah. the idea of almost having to start again, again, feels uh, yeah. <laughs> overwhelming. But, you know, we love the pub and we really want to make it work. So we'll be doing everything that we can to make it work. Perfect. Yeah. And, and as a couple, James and Heath running a pub, I mean, how, how do you feel about that? <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's not often I've even no. lost for words, no. um, which is which is good. Brilliant. Okay, well, let, let's have a quick chat with Andy. Let's let's bring you in here. Um, I mean, Andy, we're, we're on the brink of reopening. Um, where? What are the issues that you're seeing from a licensing point of view? What What are the pitfalls and challenges that, that you think operators should be aware of? Um, well, in, in no particular order, uh, a, a pitfall I have, uh, and I'm a specialist licensing lawyer, is trying to keep up with all the guidance and all the 
regulation, and it's so difficult and always has been. It, it has calmed down a little bit. Thankfully, we've known what the step two and step three regulations were going to be uh, with some notice. So it, that has been better. But you do get a bit of mission creep over the over the months. Um, tr- you know, not quite remember exactly where where you are. So that's a bit difficult. That's bad enough for the lawyers. So it must be bad for operators as well. Um, the, I think the critical thing from our point of view is is interpretation on all of these things because we all know that the law can be interpreted different ways and different licensing authorities will take a different view. And our experience, with no criticism of any particular licensing authority, is that some will take more of a sort of checklist approach to things. Some will take more of a we've got to support business recovery approach to things. And it's very difficult for uh, licensees to... Uh, you know, uh, know which one they're going to be, and um, you know what we really always wanted was for uh, all the licensees uh, and the licensing authorities to be unified in making these different steps work, and to if if there is a difference of opinion, to know that there is going to be dialogue and sorting things out, and and here and there, sadly, we've seen a little bit of over the top enforcement. Uh, that's a rarity, um, but but it has been there, um, unfortunately. Um, the issue, the main issues, of course, uh, we're now opening up the indoors of premises. We've got the, effectively the rule of six indoors or, or group. Uh, so there are issues for licensing. Oh, we're, we're we're losing you, Andy. Let's let's just. Uh just pause out there for a second and uh, see if you come back I mean in terms of uh, Andy flagged there the uh, challenge with Sorry, licensing I authority. don't know what happened there did, don't, did you lose me we, we lost you I was just asking Emily her experience with licensing authorities how is um, how's it been for you um, I think I can echo what Andy's saying there about the sort of constant changing of rules and restrictions and, you know, that's come into play very much in my church life as well, that every sort of week something changes and you, and you need to keep altering stuff all the time. And, you know, I think it's been very expensive for a lot of people. I've seen pubs that built, built these sort of amazing kind of outside spaces and then all of a sudden, two weeks later, that it doesn't matter anymore, you know. Uh, I think, you know, I think we have to remember that this has been an extraordinary year um, and everybody's just kind of trying to do their best, the best, thing that, best things that they can uh, under really extraordinary Circumstances, you know. Um, but you know, I think the better your relationships are with the li- your licensing officers, and you know, I just say build really good relationships with as many people as you can. And then when times like these, this kind of thing happens, or something extraordinary happens, mm-hmm. you're much better equipped to be able to go through it. You know, Absolutely. so much everything that we do as publicans is about having good relationships with people. You know? Absolutely. I, James, are you, I mean, ahead of reacting, have you had uh, any interactions? What's, what's it been like with the authorities? Yeah, we've had a, we had an EHO inspection at 5.30 on Friday afternoon, which is brilliant. Please, every, you know, you've got limited staff and a garden full of people. Please stop everything and answer our questions. Um, thanks. And then uh, another one from the local council wanted to go through our entire fire um risk assessments and, and what have you I, I, you know what I get it 
I just wish they'd repurposed and put as much energy into getting our grants at the local. Uh, we've been lucky here in Hayward to be fairness, but you know they could have been doing some work around that when they were sitting, you know, sitting on their hands during lockdown. And um, but they're, they're making the case that they want to help us transition and get back. They got to remember we've been closed for a year. Mm-hmm. All our staff are coming back, you know, brain dead. And, uh, need training. Why are you looking at him? Um, and you know the site needs to get ready. So I think I, I think it's I think it's absolute naivety they're doing it. I, I do. I, I think it's well-meaning, mm. and it's like let's get a big checklist and help everyone. But actually, it's just a complete ball ache. Ruthless. Um, and it feels ruthless actually. Yeah. You know, there's certainly a couple of operators around here that have been that are far from um, perfect. Far from thank you, Ed. Yeah. Um, have really been um, gone through, and I, I just think there's maybe a little bit of patience would have been nice, mm-hmm. and a bit more understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, we're fortunate that we well we use pops now anyway for our stuff, so it's great. But we're, we're in good shape. But nevertheless, it's just when you get thrown on, you know, jumped on like that, it's just yeah. it just feels like the timing's really bad. Like your jokes, Ed. <laughs> oh, you've been like <laughs> wait one second. <laughs> I mean, I, I really understand that as well. And I think, you know, the, the pub industry has been so slammed over the last 20 years anyway, hasn't it? And then this pandemic, we have really felt, I, I mean, I've really felt like the, the, the pub industry has been one of the big casualties, um, you know, outside of the terrible loss of life that has been experienced, you know, the, the hospitality industry. It, it felt out moments like we were completely hung out to dry, wasn't it? You know, and then luckily the furlough scheme came through and luckily the grant scheme started to come through and that was, that's been the saviour for everybody in this situation hasn't it absolutely, absolutely. sorry Andy and we, we can come back to you now I think you may have fixed your uh, your internet problems um, do you want to carry on you, you were highlighting uh, some of the issues that uh, that you're seeing yeah well it's interesting to hear those views about sort of uh, local authority uh, in Enforcement uh, from from people on the ground, as it were. Um, you know, we're moving now back to indoors, which is great. Then we said, you know, it's, uh, it's it's great. It's great for the licensed industry at last. But indoors is the risk area from the enforcement point of view. Uh, the transmission of the virus is is obviously a greater indoors, and uh, I suspect operators are going to have to be really, really careful on how they manage very excited people who, when it's not sunny, um, you know, are inside uh, having a drink or two, which they fully deserve, and perhaps see some friends on another table and want to wander over and have a chat and a beer whilst standing. Uh, and maybe go outside for a fag together uh, you know this is where you know that would be in breach of various things as we know yeah. um, you know as a licensee you're going to have to manage that you don't want to escalate the situation but at the same time the rules are there in place for policy reasons aren't they and we just have to work with them so I can see some issues with that that is why I suspect the government has taken um, alcohol venues and sell alcohol so carefully because we know people with a couple of drinks and some are perhaps a little less easy to control than, uh, you know, somebody sitting watching a, 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 a movie in a cinema um, or, or playing bowls with their kids. But uh, that, it's just the, the, the movement from being outdoors to being indoors. There's all sorts of issues. Staff wearing face masks, customers wearing face masks, going to go into the toilets. You know, what do you do if they tell you to, you know, 
I don't know what Emily thinks about that. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I would say about this is, is our experience, we reopened after the first lockdown and we had the same rule of six. Um, it was really surprising how well people were behaving and how much they were taking that seriously. And I think you have to remember that, you know, with the pub industry, we, we're heavily regulated. Um, and we, you know, good publicans will take that very, very seriously, as we do, you know. And I think actually... Um, it's in some ways, you know, because I think I live near Primrose Hill at the moment, and there's just like party and party and party every night on the hill, you know. And nobody's regulating people going to the off license and buying a load of booze and, and, and having a massive party, you know. Whereas if somebody comes into my pub, they know that they're in, in you know, they're under our rules they're essentially in our extended living room and i think a lot of the time i think one of the things that has happened throughout this kind of pandemic is publicans haven't really been given um the kind of respect due actually of how people how well people operate their businesses mm, you know, everything was done on the kind of oh the bad dog owner you know the bad dog owner is going to have an aggressive dog and therefore everybody has to have their dog on the lead you know and that, that is not my experience with publicans publicans take what they do very very seriously and I think so I'm not I'm not actually that worried about reopening again I know that people are going to take it Seriously. I think I think you're right. I, I think you're right, Emily. Although I'm, I'm aware Pete's head is going to explode at any moment because he has the worst customers in the world, or he, he attracts the worst customers in the world. I think is the uh, thing. But we are we are going to be talking about conflict resolution with uh, with Martin Hilton uh, shortly. So that should be an entertaining chat. But guys, I'm conscious that we're we're. Get out my pub! <laughs> we're, we're almost out of time so thank you very much for that clearly we know where to go for a party that's Emily's house in Primrose Hill um, <laughs> Andy your comment about people behaving around bowling clearly you've never been bowling with James so um, that's another experience entirely so um, I'm going to leave that on there but thank you guys thanks very much for that cheers guys cheers guys alright cheers bye 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 Welcome back to the Lock-In Podcast, and we're now going to be talking about handling those difficult customer situations, or in Heath's case, being open. Yeah. Um, we've got an expert guest, Martin Hilton from CPL Learning, to talk to us about conflict management and resolution. Thanks for joining us, Martin. No problem. Uh, delighted to be involved. Thank you. So let's just lay the cards on the table, just so you're aware of this, Martin. Heath is a complete shit magnet when it comes to difficult customers. Um, so he's going to need some real help from you on this because he generally each day seems to have some kind of fight with a customer. Hold on, is, is, Mal, is, is Martin an arms dealer? <laughs> <laughs> I did do judo once. I don't know if he needs any judo steps. I did do judo once. I mean, it does quite often descend into violence, doesn't it? It doesn't. It just gets a bit aggressive. Did you get you got slapped by a female customer the other day? Oh, yeah, she, no, she tried to punch me. She called me the C word and tried to punch me a few times. Clever. <laughs> yeah, she called me clever. Wow. You're so clever. You're was. so clever asking me to leave. 
<laughs> so, so Martin, I think you, I mean, you, might, you might be beyond help <laughs> by the sounds of it, but I'll do my best. Generally speaking, if it's got to the stage when the customer's calling you the C word and trying to hit you in the face, yeah. it's probably gone beyond the point of control. They probably don't even ask Quite for a drink. Probably. <laughs> you are the Basil Fawlty of Highgate, though. So uh, anyway, let's let's. Um, I mean, Martin. From let's just sort of set the scene. I mean, what's your thoughts? We're, we're going to be coming back. We're, we've got sites reopening indoors. Uh, more customers. Um, more restrictions. Is it a bit of a recipe for uh, for for a challenge? I think it is, Ed, I really do. And I hate to be the sort of doomsdayer, you know, to take that approach, but I am quite worried, to be honest, because I think, I mean, I was watching the, the BBC News on Monday when it was announced, you know, Boris' latest announcement, and they showed this bar full of people vertically drinking stood at the bar. And my worry is, is that the message going out to the public is, yay, everything's open again, and we can go to the pub and it's back to normal. Well, What's not coming through very strongly at the moment, I don't feel, is that you know, we're still under our restrictions. It's brilliant that we can open from Monday, but there are still restrictions. There's still restrictions on um, social distancing. There's still restrictions. You have to be seated, you know, if you serve alcohol. And that's outside as well as inside. So these restrictions are still in place. But I don't think a lot of the customers will be aware of that. And I think that potentially could lead you know, unless we get communicating it really effectively as operators, that could lead to some conflict, I suspect. I mean, how, what sort of advice would you give to, to operators then to, to, to maintain that, that status quo, that peace at the start? Is it, is it possible or, or is it the case of, um, you know, we're just going to have to kind of just muddle our way through it? No, I think, I think it's very manageable. I think really good communication um, up front. So whatever channels that operators are uh, communicating to their guests with, you know, online, telephone, and, you know, all the relevant systems that we use. And, of course, when guests walk up, you know, there are are a point of expectation, and um, I guess the communication at that point is, is... is easier to make, you know, to just outline the sort of rules and regs that's still in place in a really friendly way. You know, we want to give a, a brilliant positive welcome, but at the same time outline those requirements so that the guest is sort of fully aware Martin, of the, the, problem, kind of the, the, Martin, the rules problem, are expected, I suppose. The problem you've got is you've got people who are pissed off at lockdown, they're angry, yeah. they're frustrated. Um, and I'm seeing it. They're coming through the door. They don't want to be told what's going on. They just want to see their friends. They want to have a drink. And they're sick and tired of the rules. And you're trying to manage those expectations. trying to manage that as well as keep everybody safe and be compliant. But it's a juggling act. And you're getting people hurling abuse because they don't, they're just not interested. They no one in Highgate, no one has the app. They're not interested. They don't want the NHS app. They'll give you their name and number. It's obviously going to be fake. But they're done with it all. They're so done with it. And then when you say you need to wear a mask, they're getting angry at you and they're getting frustrated. And then it's just this is where all the, the tension's coming from. You just you're a yeah. school teacher constantly, and it's just and you, even though you just want people to have a good time, you're just telling people off all the time. You can't do I that. Know, so I, please I, go back to your table. I agree. Would you like a glass of water? I agree yeah. totally. I agree totally. And, and <laughs> one, one of the other things, one of the other things I'm involved in at the moment, you know, I've got um, I'm in the midst with some partners developing a pub site ourselves, and we just put a little pop up. In the car park, basically, and we've got this little sort of festival bar, and we've got wood-fired pizzas, all the rest of it, and um, it's been amazing. They're just opening the outside area, and I totally agree here. The, the behaviour patterns have changed radically, because I think, 
you know, dare I say it without getting ages, some of our uh, more elderly tree itself that, you know, a couple of months ago would have been scared witless about even going to the supermarket. Now they've had their two jabs, oh. they quite frankly don't give two hoots and, and, and quite brazenly sort of wanting to get up and walk around and all the rest of it. And it is a frustration, but the only thing I've, I've tried to get across myself in that situation and would advise other operators to do is, you know, you've got to think about the risks here in terms of, okay, the risk of, you know, the, the risk of sort of COVID um, spreading and all the rest of it might be relatively low, we accept that, but the risk of the operator, you know, is, is the legal consequences potentially of not still sticking to the rules. And mm. and I kind of resolved it in my head that, you know, I don't want to be an arse or a school teacher and telling people off, but I also don't want a 10 grand fine. And so... You know, I'm almost tempted at times. I've bitten my lip and thankfully haven't said it because it would be completely wrong. But I'm always tempted to say, well, look, look, guys, if you want to walk around, if you want to break the rules, by all means do, but sign this indemnity for me that you'll pay my 10 grand fine if that happens. And that's unrealistic and we've got to find better ways of dealing with it. But, I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Heath. It, it is a problem and that's why it's great to be talking about it because I think operators have, have got to have this context in mind there's a lot of operators will be opening for the first time next week and they'll be they'll be shocked by it i think uh, by, by the change in behavior so i mean what would you what would your advice be then martin to to uh sort of nipping this kind of behavior in the bud is there are there any easier don't sort open of, to june the 21st <laughs> <laughs> apart from not opening um and shooting them as he has proposed yeah. in the past um, I mean, are there any any tips or advice you could offer to people? Yeah, they definitely on. There's there's loads of different sort of conflict models to the psychology between individuals that that you can think of, and one that we talk about uh, a lot is is uh, it's called PALMS. So it's an acronym like these things always are. It's sort of P A L M S, and it's kind of like. Straight away, it's, it's, I suppose. I suppose this is when you get into having to sort of deal with a situation more so. And of course, what we want to do before that is try and nip it in the bud. So stop the escalation. So again, that's why I think communication up front is so important. It's why it's difficult to do it, but it's worth doing it because otherwise, I think if that communication isn't there, when you then start telling people off for standing up or doing whatever, that's going to be a trigger point. And at that point, they might have a pint or two, and it gets even worse. So Try and avoid the triggers first of all. Try and avoid the frustration of having to tell people off because that will just trigger people up the way. But when we're dealing with a little bit of conflict or someone that's not not wanting to sort of stick to the rules, um, if we think about the palms model, then then the P is all about position. You know, how do we position our body language to them? You know, we want to be nice and open, and we but we want to be in the right level of space. And this kind of precludes sort of social distancing. We want to be, you know, not not letting them come straight up to us and not, you know, getting in their face either. So not gripping them by the throat, Heath. Yes, definitely not grabbing them by the throat. So maintaining a good sort of body position and, and an open body position, so having open arms, um, showing in our, in our body language and everything we do, our attitude, and that's the second stage of the, the model, so presenting our attitude. And what I'd, what I'd recommend here is a kind of, look I hear you kind of attitude you know sort of almost like I'm with you but unfortunately I've got to stick to the rules you know it's I don't make these rules I've just got to stick to them so I hear you but let's try and work together and and, um, and, and see this through so so showing a really positive attitude trying not to be abrasive or 
or belittling the individual for, for getting things wrong, behaving wrong. Try and make almost a bit of a joke about it in a way, I guess. Um, you know, and, and, and just have a bit of fun with it if you can. Mm. Um, and then the, the L is very much about looking and listening. Two L's there, but looking and listening. So, so really trying to learn and observe what the individual is telling us in their body language because yeah, we're all pretty good at re uh, reading body language if we really look for it and um, we can kind of make the assessment then look is this escalating up and should I go and get help from a colleague or, or, or the manager or whatever whoever's there to help me or is it okay is, is this individual sort of calming down so look and listen and then the M is just sort of about making space and you can make space in terms of physical space also make space in terms of the sort of decision or even the, the communication back and it can just be a momentary space before you reply to something just enables you to make sure you give a nice calm response back rather than you know perhaps if you're being aggressed to naturally with aggression because what we want to do if anyone is getting aggressive is we want to mirror them down to what are communicate really calm so they start to mirror down and then the, the last sort of position on, on, on this model uh, the S is, is stance so you know what stance are we going to take here you know for instance are we you know are we going to you know maintain our decision are we going to maybe um, go to a, another maybe get them to take it over for us maybe go to the manager what, what are we going to do how are we going to agree the next steps with the manager what you know sorry with the guest what are we gonna what's our stance gonna be what's our decision gonna be so that's that's just a good simple model that you know you can train onto team members pretty quickly um which hopefully might be might be useful absolutely and i think we, we've got a document that we'll, we'll link to on uh, on the website for people to download and have a look at that um i mean i guess i suppose really you're in a situation that's not of your making so it's like uh, my marriage yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say that Heath, but I was thinking it. Um, it is I mean it, is it acceptable to be the kind of like, you know does that work I mean is that working for you obviously not Heath, of being able to say you know look, I'm not making the rules I mean, yeah, this you, is the situation guys just be with us you on do, that you try but like you know I just like I said before they just you know you can a lot of people you go yeah guys it's not us you, you try and be gently gently some people are just like they don't want you end up with some arguments you know what I mean it's just, I just you can't be asked I think some people think they deserve this now they deserve freedom they deserve that oh, and they're yeah. going to take it out on you Johnny. and you're just being petty so this is well, I've used that you know we're just trying to they're not our rules we're just trying to keep them well I said that to a lady I said when she was checking I said I need to check you and she goes oh really I said well speak to Boris I complained to him and she goes oh you don't see yeah. he's done a marvellous job he's done a marvellous job I said really he's destroyed my industry she goes you're doing okay though aren't you well <laughs> fuck maybe it's for your brand new BMW I was going to say when, when we talk about confrontation <laughs> is, is it you I'm a, a magnet. Change. I'm a magnet is, is, I, it, is I it you them, no, is it you they need protecting from I think they should be worried yeah, that's uh, yeah. brilliant. Okay, well, I think, Martin, thank you very much for that. Yeah, thanks, really Martin. appreciate yeah, your time. Um, the, the only last tip I'd throw in based upon you know, what, what you folks were saying there is what I found um, tends to be effective is to just say, I'm really I'm really sorry, so I can't serve you unless you sit down. And uh, that puts them in the decision, do I want beer more than confrontation? <laughs> and um, so far it's worked that they want beer more. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's worked. Good point. Good point. Brilliant. All right, Martin. Cheers, man. Thank you very much Cheers. for that. Brilliant. Thank you. Cheers.
you're listening to the Lock-In Podcast and we're going to try out some new product launches now. Uh, we've got a mix of things on the menu from beer and spirits to wine and even some cider. So uh, he will be pleased to hear we're doing some wine. You do love your wine, although I've just seen your face when you picked up that bottle. But we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> right, first up, we've got a new low-calorie beer and uh, low-calorie and low-carb. This, this is, is for you, James. This it's is good. for you, James. It's I wasn't going to be... I wasn't going to be that mean, uh, but yeah. It, is I this low calorie, low carb? How's this? It's okay. a glass of water. Right, you can pour it. This is uh, it's a low calorie, low carb beer from Drinkwell, a company that specializes in low calorie alcoholic drinks. It Never is uh, a Drinkwell IPA. It's four point one percent ABV beer, containing just ninety nine calories and three 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 grams of carbs per three hundred thirty ml bottle. It aims to be a full flavor beer that doesn't sacrifice taste. What do we think? Would vegans have the strength to open it? <laughs> well, it is vegan friendly. Ah, then they'd have a twist cap, a very light twist cap. It's um, it's not bad. It's actually not bad at all. It's alright. It's alright. It feels a little bit thin. Or am I being a bit I think mean? Think that's the market they're going for. <laughs> oh god. I, mean, the I jokes actually just, like that. I got, what I should have done for there was this, wasn't it? Shouldn't I? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not bad. Mm. Are you saying that because you spent uh, a restless week worrying about what you said about the previous beer? I was worried about the when you were, were very rude, very rude about the. Uh, the I wasn't rude. Beer. I was just, I was just like reverted I, to kiwi type. That's what you did. I just, yeah, I just went a bit shell. Yeah, I know. And then I was just like, I was having a shower the other day. Well, lying in the bath just in case the bullets came through the window. And I've got to be nicer about stuff. <laughs> like, what was that Will Smith thing? He had to sleep in the, di- in the, yeah. in the bathtub. Do you know I, what am I, mean? I am legend. I am legend. Exactly. It's like that. Right, be one. nice. So, branding, thoughts. I mean, oh, you, branding, does it stand out? What do we think? Uh, a bit of a mess. It looks, it, like is quite, it looks like you're on holiday in Greece. It's, it's a little bit busy, isn't it? Um, yeah. Lots of... Uh, yeah, but we've established we don't like any branding, so just, it's, it Occasionally like, you've liked it, but yeah, yeah it's got a weird, weird green thing. But yeah, actually, good, good product. Right, yeah, next yeah. then. Would, actually, would you stock it? Uh, I, think it'd yeah, be, you know I, I think it'd be good for you, James, to have an option. Yeah, I'm not, yeah I would. <laughs> I'd probably want it. Um, would you tell your Apple Watch that you've had one? No. no. Does that, I mean, though, does that stand out as a... As a you can't say a healthier beer, can you? Because yeah, but, no, but it, uh, it doesn't look like it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? They haven't branded it in such a way that it looks really like. Oh, look at us! We're virtual signaling. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Virtue signaling okay. or just fat? Just fat. Just fat. Okay, I'm brilliant. still here. Sorry, James. <laughs> <laughs> right. Next. Let's next up, we've got another beer. This is uh, Zomba from Round Corner. Um, this is a 5.2 percent. Um, Hazy lavender wit beer. Lavender. Lavender. Yeah. La- lavender is in like, oh my god, have you got the shakes? No. <laughs> what the fuck is that? That's just throthing. It's a throthing. I, no, I need a glass. Oh god, it takes us back to my time in Provence through the lavender fields. <laughs> so, this is a brewed gooder cl- a collaboration. Brewed gooder collaboration with White Hagen oh, Ireland. The proceeds go to help deliver clean water to vi- villages in Malawi. So, uh, before you're too horrible, what do we think? I mean, it, it smells... It's very different, isn't it? It doesn't taste like a beer. It tastes like... Um... I don't know, it tastes like a... Like a, like a... I don't know. 
it's um, it doesn't taste well it tastes like a, a, a vice beer doesn't it it's a, it's yeah, a wheat beer it's um, what do you think James you're very quiet I don't mind it. I think, on, I think on a really hot day I think on a really hot day out in the fields just been allowed I think it'd be great darling you just said did I do the set this new account up it's HSBC we don't have an HSBC account so no ignore it I, I'm not entirely sure what happened there so James's wife James has just given all the money away. You give him a new Apple Watch. I didn't give it to him. And it just gets in the way. Right, just focus, James. I like it. You like it? I like you it. You like it? Yeah. Have you tried it, James? Yeah, I have. It's quite interesting. It, I, I want it doesn't to, taste like beer. I wanted to hate it, if I'm honest. But I actually like it. We're quite good food today, aren't we? It's, it's I quite. I think the initial. Okay, once you get over the, the initial. I've seen that. Okay. Yeah. Once you get over the initial kind of. Oh, that's a bit. Actually, it's quite palatable, isn't it's it? Refreshing. It's refreshing. Yeah. Not, but it, it's a, it's one to have cold in the summer. And it's five point two percent. Proper brewers. Punchy. Really yeah. yeah. It's going to help numb the sound of the children. <laughs> yeah. Branding. Yeah. What do we think? Yeah. So it got standout. Yeah, I think so. Lots of colours. Yeah. 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 Uh, Would you stock it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it's fun actually. Excellent, mm. good, good. That's the one. Thumbs up. Right, moving on. Um, some spirits. We have. Now this is. Uh, are you, wait, wait, you're going to. What have we got? Cider here. Well, would you want to do the cider first, oh, or would you, you want to go to uh, straight to gin? Right. Okay. Fine. Let's do the cider first. Jesus. I mean, you're just messing with my script, but uh, I'm, I'm sure you can adapt. You're messing with our palate. Right I now. struggle to deviate from the script. So, okay, this is for you, James. I know you're a cider fan, mm. and also Heath. It's from your home uh, country that you're bar from. Malawi. Yeah. No. New New Zealand. Can't even open it. Right. This is a old moot cider. It's a watermelon and lime cider. Um, Apparently this is the brand's lowest sugar variant to date and made from uh, natural flavours. It's gluten and vegan friendly. Gluten free and vegan friendly. Gluten friendly. But is the cider by, by default gluten free anyway? Depends. I, I don't know. Yeah, the answer is uh, yes. I'm correct. Well, well there you go. It's uh, oh, like that. Again, the wood. Mate, you've got to be, this, this is if you're mount, This is 15 years old. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you drink. You, you embarrassed yourself. This is not. You're not the ideal consumer. I don't care quite. But like he it. likes it. Yeah, I can see you drinking it by the liter. I like it. Yeah, it's guys. It's a bit soft, isn't it? It's. Uh, it is. It is. It's not my cup of tea. It's not my cup of tea. Not my cup of tea. New Zealand. Is it too? Is it too feminine? Like it, it's. Is that your problem? I do, what is that? It's. It, it's not really cider, is it? It's just flavored apple juice. Well, is there any apples like in it? it doesn't say that. Yeah, there's apples. Doesn't say there's apples in it. But, I mean, it, it's inoffensive, and it's and it's Maybe it's, not, use that in it's not too. <laughs> okay, ingredients: water. It's inoffensive. Apple juice from concentrate. Oh, sugar. Apples. Fruit juices from concentrate. Watermelon juice, lime juice, acid, malic acid, natural flavoring, food coloring, concentrate from carrot. Antioxidants, sodium, blah 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 blah, made in the UK. Sounds like my five a day. Really? <laughs> I was going to say with soy. I mean, that is. Um, it's, 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 it doesn't. It's not too sweet though. It's not too sweet, and the flavour's quite delicate. It, it's disappointing, isn't it? So, I mean, it's not really aimed at you, is it, Heath? I mean, you'd rather be drinking some Chablis whilst eating some I would indeed. Would. Beans. <laughs> I would indeed. <laughs> 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 
That's the first thing you We're on the right. watershed. <laughs> right. Let's I've been practicing that for months. Anyway, um, what do we think? Branding wise? Same as the other stuff. It's fine. Stands out. Would you stock it? It's proper supermarket uh, juice. It's aimed at that's that's for the entree though. Would, Is would, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, launched for the entree. So, uh, I it, it, I suppose if you're JD Witherspoons, we we we're trying to appeal to a discerning customer, Edward. Discerning. So you wouldn't stock it? No, no, no. Okay, fine. Moving on or backwards? Because I think we should we do the wine or the gin? Do wine then gin. Do wine. The gin will screw up palate. Right, okay. So, so this wine by the looks of it. I mean, let's, let's start with an open mind, at least. Do we, need some, uh, we need some fresh glasses. Some wine glasses would be good. Um, go get some wine glasses, oh, and I will talk oh, through why what this they is. Sent so, you this? so this is uh, a new range of ethically-minded, sustainable, and vegan-certified wines called Coastal Reserve from Treasury Wine Estates. Uh, it's aimed at consumers looking for more ethical choices here. I mean, Fuck that is a noble thing, surely. Um, they'll also be working with a not-for-profit organisation, Plastic Oceans Europe, to raise awareness and reduce plastic pollution. Ironically, they did send me the samples with two plastic disposable glasses, which kind of just <laughs> <laughs> undermine that a little bit. No, they're, 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 um, they're, they're glasses. I've, I've, I've driven to Brighton and I've thrown them in the sea. I've checked the glasses out. They're made from something else. Were well, they? Good, yeah. good. Uh, right. Might have said, should have said that on the glasses, what, really, shouldn't they? So hang on, I'm going to pour it bottom. first. This is this is the uh, the white yeah. variant. Um, that's my technical description of What's wine. So this is uh, Sauvignon Blanc, uh, Coastal Reserve Sauvignon Blanc. From where? From France. France. What part of France? Come on, Heath, you haven't tried it. Come on. Let's 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 do a proper. Uh, get your nose in. That. What do we think? I love the fact he's getting all official with it. Fucking hell. <laughs> Maybe they'll use that in their marketing. <laughs> I mean, what are we trying to achieve here, right? Are we trying to save the planet by drinking bad wine so the oceans are saved, or are we trying to drink good wine and probably give to a charity? Well, you won't be able to because you've spent it all on the good, good wine. Exactly. Um, mate, um, I, I, what's the market on this? What are they trying to attract? It's, it's, it's well, a small as I said earlier, this is treasury. ethically minded. Yeah, come on. It's Treasury Wine Estates, one of the biggest wine companies in the world, producing bulk, mass-produced commercial wine. I think I might rather drink the ocean. <laughs> so, okay. Let's just say that that's not a hit. Right, the well, wine, it, it, is, it is a little bit tart, isn't it? It's just... So, rosé. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm treading. This is a peanut. We were on a hiding. We were on a hiding. can't see what Edward's holding. On a Pinot Grigio Rosé. Pinot Grigio Rosé. Made in what country? Uh, hang on, I'm pouring it. It is... Uh, North Korea. Italy. Italy. Okay. Not North Korea. Let's, you, you'd be happier if it was North Korea. This is... Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know why, we're setting ourselves up for a, for a hiding, getting Heath doing this, really. Are these guys spending money on advertising with you? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> I'll throw you hit them. Oh, man, it's just, it's, 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 it's what? Ed, I've seen what you've home. 
You like that? Mate. I think that that is palatable. You drink petrol at home? Mate. That's better than the white. <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a good benchmark. <laughs> that's not being less fat. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it depends what they're going for. Listen, if they're going for a pub crowd yeah. who, who just want a glass of wine, yeah, fine. There's going to be people there who just go, yeah, fine, this is all right. I think, and they're going it's, for it because it's got the ethical benchmarking with it. No, but people uh, who buy that don't give a damn. The people who buy that buy yeah, it on price. Mate, definitely. You, you honestly no, think that this no, is honestly. not a market you should be aiming for? The ethical, no. More ethically minded no, consumers? Not for, no. What, but, so we, not what like a better that. product aimed at ethically minded consumers. Better product aimed yeah. at ethically minded people. But this is this just seems it, like it, it seems like a gimmick. They're playing on yeah, that in the wine second. Oh, so they've come up with a marketing idea. You know what? Somebody's watched that Netflix documentary and then gone, ooh, how can we make money from this? Okay, brutal. Um, There's a red somewhere. There is a red somewhere. It's over there, James. <laughs> grab the red from behind you. What is it? Um, wouldn't be surprised if we don't is get anyone sending any more samples what, 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 in after what this. Uh, Merlot. <laughs> I'm not drinking Merlot. fucking Merlot. <laughs> I'm not drinking Merlot. From Spain. So we've got a Merlot from Spanish Spain. Merlot. Merlot. Right, Jesus. I mean, keep an open mind. Oh, come on. Keep an open look, look, at, look at that. Dynasty look at the colour. Look at the colour. Oh, no, that's so There's no body. I'm enjoying the sound of that. There's no body at all. I think my mouthwash has got more, more grit, more grit, more tannin. <laughs> That's they, it's, You know what they've done? They've gone, I, and bought, they've gone and bought the juice in said country, unfermented. They've shipped it to a warehouse in Slough. They've fermented it to avoid paying tax to get it at like three, three quid a bottle. Amazingly, that's what it says on the label. It's <laughs> <laughs> the second time you've been funny. This series. Oh, okay, I'll, next, I'll, I'll take that one. Out. Right, yeah. okay, uh, let's move on. I think we so, agree. That, I think that, 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 that we know this, why they're doing it. It's the right idea, perhaps not the quality of execution. But then having said that, you know, if you're depending on your, you your wine, I don't. Do you, do you think, like, Sid wine drinker goes to the bar and goes, hmm, what should I drink? Oh my God, look at this one. It's saving the oceans. Let's have that. Some might. Bullshit. Right, moving on. Let's do the gin. Last one. Last one is... Latest offering from Adnams. Uh, it is a new gin. Is the Adnams? It's a new Adnams. Uh, Chardin Mexicano. Uh, it's a limited edition seasonal gin featuring a rare ingredient, avocado leaf. Oh, I'm such a fan of avocado. I had a salad with it the other day. It was amazing. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I've never eaten avocado leaf of you. I've never eaten avocado. Do you know avocados don't ripen until you cut them off the tree? It's I really did know that, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you can retard their uh, ripening that's by putting them in uh, CO2 storage. Uh, that, 18, that 18 months on the Fresh Produce Journal did me something. Yeah, did it? Uh, did me more interested. What about your, <laughs> meat, no, what about no. your meat traders journal? Uh, oddly enough, we didn't talk about avocados on that. Uh, I, I, I had a sample of this earlier when I was bored. I wonder why it looked like it had been open. You haven't spiked it. Right, so this is uh, it's a product traditionally used, or avocado leaves a product traditionally used in Mexico for its antioxidant and mood enhancing properties. So we've got a, we've got a naturally present gin and we're adding another mood enhancer in there, great. Yeah, so let's see if it cheers he thought gin grumpy bones. Oh, scrambling me right up. Right. D don't you think with gin market over the years it's just become 
everyone's it's essentially just flavoured vodka and all we've ended up with is just people trying to be creative and outdo each other with just weird and wonderful flavours dare they be creative no but it's it's become gimmicky it's such a gimmick now you've you've only got Chase and Ramsbury that do their own and and, uh, what's his name Braden down at um, Doghouse Mm. okay yeah yeah. they do their own base that's the true Mm. kind of straight through product but the rest of it is buying industrial spirit and adding concoctions and then name it after an area so what do we think of this one Olé (laughs) I think it's uh, I mean it tastes it tastes different I mean, he's on the roll here, isn't he? My so, eyes! Uh, My eyes! I don't mind that. What, 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 what tonic would you mix with it, though? Some of that wine from earlier. <laughs> I think it's alright, actually. I think I it's like alright. I think that's, that's got, it's actually quite a nice sipping. Uh, you wouldn't want to, you just mix it with a normal tonic. You wouldn't want to kind of. You wouldn't want to lose. Yeah. But you wouldn't want to lose the flavour, would you? Well, you could get uh, lemon tonic. Yeah. Deeper tree lemon tonic would be quite nice. Yeah. I actually think it's quite fun, quite nice. Yeah. Branding, what do we think? Branding yeah, it's wise. Sweet. I think it's quite good. Stands up the shelf. Yeah. Would stock it. It's, it fits with the uh, avocado Mexican kind of thing, doesn't it? It's, uh, kind of a bit tequila. Yeah, yeah. A bit mezcal. Would you stock it? Yeah. James, would? Heath? I, I, no. I mean, I didn't even bother asking you about why whether you'd stock that. I think that was a <laughs> foregone conclusion. <laughs> what about you, James? Would you stock the wine? <laughs> what for? <laughs> right. Okay. Team well, listing for you. Off yeah. you go. <laughs> I think that is it. That is all my uh, products for us to tasting. You've uh, you've beasted most of them, and uh, let's move if, on. If there's any uh, fine wine producers in Burgundy who would like to send some samples, <laughs> oh, we're actually thinking about clothing brands as well. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of like that kind of urban Japanese thing going on. <laughs> yeah, the real McCoy's London, if you want to send in some samples. <laughs> Red Wing, Red Wing would be good. No, 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 shut up, the pair of you. Right. I'm um, a, I, I don't look at my next cell. You do look it, but we don't go there. Right. Right, anyway, let's get away in that one there. Let's, uh, let's park it and move on. You are listening to the Lock In Podcast, and we are at the end of this week's episode. So, uh, as ever, we like to sort of be a little bit more cheerful at the end there after beasting various brands in that last thing. Let's uh, let's have a look forward. Um, what are you most looking forward to uh, about next week? I think I've got to work seven doubles because I've got so much staff off. That's, I'm looking forward to that. I won't have to spend any time at home. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I was hoping something cheerful, um, but no. Uh, I've only James. got five doubles, so I'm hoping for some sickness amongst the staff, so I can complete the other two <laughs> to also avoid going away. What, what are you? What are you actually looking for? No, no, I, I want an honest. <laughs> yeah, I want an honest answer from you. I don't know, man. It's gonna be. It'd just be nice to get trade levels up, do some decent cash. You know, not have to worry about the weather so much. And you know, even though we've got marquees and the sites, we still got. It's still, a, you know, it's cold. So, mm. you know, knowing our luck, the weather would be great. But I think it'd be nice to just have people back inside and try and get making it feel a bit normal. Mm. And just, you know, hopefully get closer just to getting back to where we are. Yeah, get, yeah, and just a little run of normality because anything else has been staccato. So just to get a period of calm so you can actually plan for your week. Yeah. 
um, it's going to be an adjustment, choice. isn't it? Do you think it's? I mean, it's it's going to be exhausting. Yeah. That's what it's going to be, isn't it? Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's going to be brutal because not that it was not busy before, but it's been a year of odd stuff. So actually, nailing down to you know double shifts and all the carnage that goes with it. It doesn't. Everyone that you know knows run the pub. It doesn't stop at eleven o'clock. I still got more challenges though. Staff's going to be the yeah. issue. Uh, you know, it's. I suppose it's just taking every day as it comes. But man, you can't. I don't think you can plan this year at all. I think we just got to hustle the way through it and then take stock at the end of the year and then look what next year's going to be like and what we've got because we don't know what's going to happen in winter. You know, people are conditioned now to lockdowns. So yeah, who knows? Yeah, I think that there'll be lots of operators that just don't want to do this anymore as well. Just had enough. I think that's the problem with hospitality. Mm. A lot of them have just realised yeah. they don't want to do this anymore. So. I don't know, it's how do you get young people into the game? How do you get people, you know, inspired to do this job? Yeah, we touched on that last week with, with Kate, and I think there, there needs to be a commitment. Whilst we come back, we, we've still got to look after our team and make but, sure... But we, we, we know we do, but the government yeah. the government's not really inspiring this as an industry you, you should get into, because, no. like, you know, we know that we get shut down. It's not, yeah, but it's not, yeah. it's not just that. Like, we can be shut down at any time, and these people want job security. So if it all goes wrong, do they want to be on furlough at home? Or do they, you know, it's just like we need to, we need to start giving people job security and make this look like a promising career, you know? That's, that, that's on us to do that, isn't it, as operators, you know, but, but on mass is to prove, to, you know, show them the training and show them the, the, the pathway to a career. Yeah. Yeah. Normality, I think, is the answer overall. I mean, we've got it'd be, it'd be hard though, you know. Come doing this next week, it'll be really interesting. I mean, it's not quite the upbeat ending I was hoping for, guys, to be fair. But uh, we're realists, that's right. <laughs> it's not, it's not, we're not going to be lacing daisies in each other's hair, you know, on the basis of what we're going to say. You've got it. Maybe I'll put it here, Jim. back here. Um, obviously, an attractive thought to finish the podcast, but um, it's going to be hard, you know. So, good luck, everyone. Um, yeah. Let's just try and let's just try and make some cash, try and pay a little bit back. And the only thing we're paying back is the tax bills. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's true though. Mm-hmm. But we kept the jobs. That's you it. Know? And you're still standing, so yeah. uh, ready to go. So, well, yeah. Anyone that's any more cheery than that, you know, yeah. much clearer as Boris. Absolutely. Well, I think let's uh, let's let's leave that one there then. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast using the links or go through Spotify or iTunes. Please do like and share with friends, family, and colleagues on social. Spread the love or the pain, depending on your point of view. Uh, we will be back next week, and in the meantime, we wish you all the luck and all the best with the indoor restart. Good luck, guys. We'll be back next week. Yeah. Good luck.